Welcome to another edition of Best on the Board. Chris Meany and Michael Beller of The Athletic. Thanks for taking the time to hang out. This is the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Beller, what's going on, man? You had a pretty strong week. Three and one. Not bad. Yeah, not man. bad. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I felt uh, sorry to jump in so quickly because I felt that's how the weekend felt to me. You know, I felt awesome <laughs> on Saturday, right? I picked the Texans. That that uh, the best bad playoff game I think I've ever watched. But hey, they came out, they cover, and then you know I was beating the drum on the Titans, and I was uh, hanging out with uh, with like all my friends on, on Saturday. One of uh, one of my good friends just moved to Arizona. We had a going away party for him on Saturday. And I was the only one on the Titans, and we were talking about it all week leading up to it. I was talking trash to them. They were talking trash back <laughs> to me. So then just that on its face, what I do for a living compared with what they all do for their livings. Like, I had a lot riding on that game, pride-wise and, <laughs> and money-wise as well. So I go into Sunday flying high, and then Super Bowl pick crashes out on <laughs> Sunday afternoon. So uh, still, yeah, I couldn't even like feel that great coming out of the weekend, unfortunately. But it was a 3 and one week overall. Yeah, so you're on the Texans, Titans, Seattle, and the Saints. I also, the Saints, I was, I'll, I'll be honest, man, I was pretty ticked off watching that Buffalo Bills and, and Houston Texans <laughs> game. I, I felt pretty good at half. I'm like, this is exactly what I was talking about. This isn't a good matchup for Deshaun Watson and Houston. They're not scoring any points. I'm sure they'll pick it up in the second half. But it felt like, for me, that Buffalo just gave that game away. And it would, I just kept going back to, yep, first-time quarterbacks in the playoffs. I mean, Josh Allen looked rattled. They were in field goal range. He took a couple sacks. What was he doing? What was he even thinking on the lateral play? Like he had another. It was just over a minute left on the clock, and and then he it just seemed like it was complete panic mode. I felt like Buffalo should have won that game. I mean, as long as we live, we can never forget that lateral play. That is <laughs> right? that is legendary. That is that is like the Music City Miracle in reverse. <laughs> Classic Bills to to give away that game. So twenty two to nineteen, Houston wins. Uh, the road teams are pretty solid. Uh, yeah. Texans were the only team to to get it done at home. I was with Tennessee like you and had them on the money line. So yeah, I was a little pumped. I was with you. I was watch. I wasn't with you, but I was li- like you. I was with some Pats fans. They're just like, no way. All this noise. This happens all the time. Like, don't worry. Final drive. Look at all the time on the clock. Brady's. And then it was like, oh, Julian Edelman. We only lost because of Julian Edelman. It's like, guys, he didn't even <laughs> score any points in the second yeah. half. Like, <laughs> he had the he had Your possession bad offense the second bad. half. Yeah, exactly. It remained bad. So Tennessee goes into New England and gets a win, twenty to thirteen. Houston, twenty two to nineteen. But the yeah, you're right. The biggest surprise. Like what happened to the Saints? I have no idea. I mean, I can't even I can't even explain it. They just I mean, there was no explosion whatsoever, right, in the offense. And I think uh, you know, Alvin Kamara, maybe even though we we felt pretty good about him, maybe never really got back to a hundred percent after the ankle injury. Um, right, a few big plays out of Minnesota, a few big runs out of Dalvin Cook. Uh, but even with all that, I mean, it's more what New Orleans offense wasn't able to do. Um, I mean, Taysom Hill was was uh, arguably more effective than Drew Brees with, uh, you know, if you include all his direct snap runs and things like that. I mean, it was just a bad game from Brees at the worst possible time. That's really what it came down to. Uh, hats off to Minnesota for, for coming up with and executing a game plan that was able to take them from the biggest week, uh, wildcard weekend underdogs to a very unexpected victory and onto the divisional round of the, of the NFL playoffs. But uh, I just think it was yeah, a bad game from the offense at a time when they could least afford it. It just sometimes I feel like Sean Payton just overthinks things. I don't know. There were a couple plays like the the timeout at the end of the game. I thought he he wasted one. There could have been a quick mm-hmm. play. Whatever they that was strange to me. 
at the end of the first half, I felt like they rushed a play on, I, I don't think it was like maybe third and long or whatever. And it ended up giving the ball back to, to Minnesota and, and Delvin Cook had that big run. There were a couple plays there, but you're right about Tyson Hill. I mean, he led the team in rushing yards. He threw a 50-yard bomb. He caught a touchdown. He's. It seemed like sometimes for me when I watch the Saints, it's like, why are you messing around with Hill? Mm-hmm. Yep. But, it, but in that game, it felt like, the only time they could get something going is when Hill was on the field. So he was actually a big part of their offense. He seemed yeah. to spark them. But that I, I, I still thought, ah, it's the Saints. Like, slow start, good on the Vikings. This is exactly the game plan they wanted. They're, they're having some success with Cook. But New Orleans will come back. But it's been three straight walk-off losses for this team. It's been very disappointing mm-hmm. now. And I, I thought that was a push-off. But they haven't called it all year, Beller. So, I mean... What's the point, I guess? Yes, yeah, I thought it was too. I wanted it to be, obviously, for uh, everything we <laughs> talked about on the show last week, but that was consistent, right? I mean, it would have been it would have been pretty salty uh, for them to have ended up making that call and reversing it and, uh, and calling an offensive pass interference. Just another one in a huge line of reasons why that rule should not exist in the first place. Yeah, exactly. They didn't need to make some adjustments. They made this. They made the rule exactly for this to fix it. <laughs> To, for for a play to happen in the playoffs uh-huh. and at the last play with so much on the line, that's why I thought that, is, that they had this yeah. rule. So it makes absolutely no sense. And then the final game we we had touched on is Seattle. We were both on the Seahawks. Um, you know, we that was the ugliest game of the weekend for sure. And, and no Carson Wentz. I feel like I mean, with Carson Wentz, it's it, maybe it's easy to say now, but do you think if a fully healthy Carson Wentz in the game that they would have won? I mean, Josh McCown had several chances in the fourth quarter in the red zone to tie the game. Uh, it seemed like when Wentz went down, it was over. Uh, mm. But I still, at the same time, Beller, I really wasn't impressed with the Seahawks. No, neither was I. And um, I, you know, I really—it's so hard to say uh, what, yeah. what uh, right butterfly effect, effect and who knows what happens if Wentz is in that whole yeah. game. But uh, uh, this is what we talked about last week, right? I mean, this is just a team that deserves a ton of credit for just making it to the playoffs. Uh, but the injuries were just going to be way too much for them to overcome. And then, of course, you had one more, the truly indispensable man on the team, right, goes down early in the game on on a pretty dirty hit by Jadavian Clowney. And that was pretty much the end of the season right there. Obviously, they still had three quarters or whatever of football to play, but him leaving that game, when the, once, they, uh, once the camera showed him trotting off to the locker room, that was basically the end of the season for Philadelphia. Yeah, definitely. And and McCowan did fine. He did well. I mean, he hurt himself on the, I think, the second final drive of the game. And I thought mm-hmm. Greg Ward was going to have to go in there. And I really thought we were going to see something special in Philadelphia. But it really came down to Russell Wilson for me. There were some plays in the second half, third and 10, third and 11, third and 18, where he ran for the first down. So he was he was really impressive. And that's, that's basically what it came down to. It just seemed like Seattle caught a big break playing Philadelphia. It looked like a week four preseason squad for the Eagles. Uh, nonetheless, <laughs> yeah. Seattle is moving on and, and they're facing the Packers this week. And so if this is the first time you've joined us, I know we had a lot of different um, viewers last week joining us for the playoffs. So thanks for taking the time to hang out. Welcome. Follow us on Twitter at M Beller, myself at Chris Meany, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, you can head on, head on over to the athletic.com slash best on the board to get 40% off a subscription at the athletic, all kinds of greatness at the athletic football does not stop jake seeley just came out with his 2020 rankings uh, dvr has had his baseball rankings up there for a little bit check out rates and barrels with himself and eno saris they're just diving into baseball uh so there's been some great conversation as well are, are you starting to turn the page i guess we're still obviously in football but i know you're a big baseball guy as well 
Yeah, I'm turning the page, getting ready to uh, to write some draft kit stuff, getting ready to do some podcasts. I know uh, you are as well. Uh, I love this, right? I mean, the, the, just the rhythm of the seasons, the way football hands yeah, off to sure. baseball for us uh, with how, how invested we are in those two sports. Of course, you've got hockey. I've got college basketball as well. But uh, in, in the fantasy world, right, it's just a, it's an unbroken chain right from football into baseball. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think. You getting some inside information on who you're going to pick, uh, so some madness sleepers there? Oh, wouldn't you like to know? you got to listen to Miles Moore Madness <laughs> I, to find out. I, I do, Twice yeah, a week, every week, Miles Moore Madness, Tim Miles, C.J. Moore, um, behind, the, uh, behind the glass producing. Uh, a lot of fun. Uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be talking a uh, new episode coming out tomorrow, Friday. Oh, baby, yeah, I would like to know. going to have to listen. <laughs> All right, let's turn over to the games, and let's start with those Vikings, who the biggest surprise performance of last weekend. Up against the 49ers, San Fran opened up six and a half point favorites. The total at 45.5. It's 44.5, and the Niners now seven point favorites. Can't say anymore that Kirk Cousins can't win the big game. I know he didn't do a whole lot in that game. He had the big throw to Thielen to set up the touchdown and really kind of um, put that game away for the Vikings. This is tough for me to back them. It. it I'll let you take it away. I, I feel like Minnesota can keep this close, but I mean, we're coming in here with. This is some pretty heavy home favorites this weekend, and San Fran one of them. Yeah, right. This is a, it's an interesting week for the uh, for the uh, divisional games because we're we're seeing Vegas and the oddsmakers basically saying that these teams, especially when you consider the Saints lost, are just so much better than the teams yeah. that played last weekend. And I'm not sure how different the lines would look, uh, with uh, the one exception being the Saints, if the results were reversed. Right? If Buffalo won, if New England won, uh, if Philadelphia won, I'm not sure how different these lines would look. Uh, I think we got. A, a big crop of uh, the top four teams being the clear four best in the NFL, and that's why we got the lines we got this week. This one's the hardest one of the week for me, Meany. Uh, another one, just like I said, with Buffalo and Houston last week, uh, if we were talking a full regular season slate, 49ers minus seven at home against the Vikings, not a, a game I would probably just breeze right past and not even consider taking. Uh, but since we've only got four games, I feel like yeah. i got to play them all. So, uh, uh, yeah, it's just it's a it's a lot of points. It's a lot of points for a Vikings team uh, to be catching after what they did against New Orleans last week, right? I mean, they showed off what they can be uh, when they are at their best, offensively, defensively, and game plan wise. Um, and if they can execute as they did last week, I don't see any reason why they can't at least keep this one close too, if not outright win it. So purely because of where the number is, I lean toward the Vikings in this one. I lean toward the Vikings too. Actually, be surprised. I'm I'm kind of leaning towards uh, quite a few dogs here this weekend, but it's not so much about what Minnesota did last week. And sure, I'm I am impressed with what with what they did. Um, maybe they just have the Saints number. I don't know. But I, I felt like they dominated the line of scrimmage. I thought they got after Drew Brees, and you know he looked a little rattled for the first time in, in a long time. I mean, through the pick, he had the fumble. He was getting sacked. Brees never gets sacked. Minnesota's defense. There's some holes in their secondary, which was that's what was the biggest surprise to me is that the Saints really didn't attack the corners like I thought that they would I mean you look at Alvin Kamara and yeah maybe he isn't 100% but it seemed like all his targets were a couple yards behind the line of scrimmage and for the Saints over the last five games or for the Vikings rather over the last five games seven picks 18 sacks they get a couple defensive touchdowns they're really just getting after the cornerback Adam Thielen completely 100% healthy I think looked at anyways Beller last week with the seven grabs and 129 yards slow the pace down with Cook I think the Niners win this game but I think it's maybe just a field goal. And I'm still I'm still not sold 
on Jimmy Garoppolo. I know he's done <laughs> some good things, but this is his first playoff game. I think mm-hmm. everything that we said last week with quarterbacks playing their first game applies. Allen, I know Wentz didn't stay in there, but there were some losses a couple years ago. We saw some first-time quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson, struggle. John Watson, struggle. So it, it is, even at the, the fact that they're at home, I still think um, that the Vikings will be able to keep this close. It's all about Dalvin Cook, right? Yeah, it's, I think all about, it, it's all about running the football with him. He looked healthy, slowing the pace, slowing the clock down, um, and just that's how Minnesota runs. Like, mm-hmm. Cousins could – he could have a good game and throw the ball 40 times and get to 300 yards, but that's not the recipe for success. Not for, that's not what Minnesota wants to do. I don't think so. And, but, then, you know, I mean, that's, that's the way both these teams want to play, right? Yeah, I mean, fair. Neither, neither of these teams want their quarterback to put the team on their – neither of these teams is going to ask their quarterback – to put the offense totally on his shoulders, I think is maybe the better way to say that. Obviously, if I, if he can do it, they'll be happy to take it. But that's not what they're going to ask of their quarterbacks. They're going to ask them to make a few big plays down the field. Both of them have the weapons to be able to do that. I, I think a big thing to watch the rest of the week is Adam Thielen's ankle injury, right? That he suffered in practice. Uh, right now, Minnesota saying nothing to see here, uh, but we'll yeah. see if that ends up being the case. Uh, really, we'll see what the practice reports are for today. Obviously, they won't practice uh, for real tomorrow, given that the game is on Saturday. But that's something to watch. Uh, we saw what, what a just what a healthy Adam Thielen means to this Minnesota offense. <clears throat> excuse me, last week against uh, against the Saints. So that's a big, big thing to watch in this one. And I'm with you. I, th- I mean, the Niners are I, I think are the better team. Obviously, not. I think they are the better team, and I, I think they're going to win this game. But seven just feels like a lot of points when you consider that. Minnesota can play a similar brand of football to what San Francisco is going to want to do. And San Francisco, as great as they were, one of those teams that against a good team like Minnesota, I think they need uh, pretty much everything to line up for them to be able to win a game by this much, to really go out and win a game. I think they can control it, but I just don't think they're built to blow a team out like Minnesota unless every single thing falls in line. So I like San Fran to win, but seven points, that's a lot of points. I'll take Minnesota with that. Yeah, it is a lot of points. I, I feel like if the Vikings win this game, they're going to go to the Super Bowl. But you think? I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, they're, I think they're that only they, three combined against Green Bay and Seattle this season. Yeah, yeah, I know. And the fact that they'd have to go to Green Bay, but I don't think that they're they're scared of the Packers to face them a third time. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I do. I think that they could, but I am going to pick San Fran straight up. But I'm I'm with you. I, I like the Vikings there. This is the this is a big spread here, nine and a half. Um, you know, you said that. It was the toughest call, Niners and Vikings. Is this one the easiest call for you? Or are you just backing the Ravens nonstop? Are you concerned at all that really they they haven't played their starters since Week 16? Uh, no, not in the tiniest bit. This is definitely my favorite play of the week. Give me Baltimore, minus 9.5. Clearly a superior team uh, to Tennessee. Clearly uh, the best team in the NFL, I think, coming into the playoffs and Look, Tennessee just had this great win, right? They get they, they have this second-half charge uh, with Ryan Tannehill taking over as a starter from Marcus Mariota. They lose that game to Houston in Week 15, fall out of that current playoff position at that point, win their last two games of the season, get into the postseason, go into Foxborough, deal what might end up being the death blow to the two decades of dominance to the Patriots. What a great performance by this team since about the middle of October. Mike Vrabel, Ryan Tannehill, everyone up and down uh, that roster and coaching staff deserves a ton of credit for the fact that the Titans are one of the last eight teams playing football this season. Having said all that, they are nowhere near Baltimore's class. And if you look at the two games that Baltimore lost, first of all, uh, the last one was in September. So uh, we were just starting the Major League Baseball playoffs the last time that the Baltimore Ravens lost a football <laughs> game. Right? So, that's, so that's number one. Let's, let, let's consider that. 
Number two, you look at those games. They lose somehow to uh, to Cleveland. That was no, the first loss was to Kansas City. So let's talk about that one first. They lost to Kansas City. What happened in that game? Patrick Mahomes went all Patrick Mahomes on them. Three hundred seventy-four yards, three touchdowns. Uh, they put up twenty-one points, something like that. Three touchdowns, I think, in the second. Yeah, twenty-three points in the second quarter alone. It was twenty-three to six at halftime. It was in Kansas City, and boom. The game was basically over. Baltimore actually sort of made a little bit of a game of it in the second half, but uh, that one second quarter blitz by Mahomes in Kansas City effectively ended the game. Then the next week, they go to Cleveland and lose, and this was a game where they turned the ball over three times. They set up uh, Cleveland with a couple of short fields. Nick Chubb had an 88-yard touchdown run, uh, and, and I think you look at those two games and you say, what can Tennessee do to replicate it? I'm not sure there's anything there that Tennessee can do to really challenge Baltimore, especially when you put on top of that the fact that for three months running now, this team has dominated the league. So I think that this is absolutely a fair spread. Um, I'm a little surprised it's the same number as Houston and Kansas City. I would think that Baltimore yeah. deserves to be uh, maybe two more points favored than Agreed. Kansas City is over Houston. So I'm surprised to see those two numbers sitting at the same spot. But um, I'm not going to get wrapped up in what we saw last week or the fact that we haven't really seen the Ravens in almost a month. Uh, Mark Ingram, of course, uh, dealing with his injury, and maybe he's unable to play or not at 100%, but still, um, I'm not going to let this one get too muddied. I, I think that Baltimore just easily, by far, the better team, uh, and I just don't see a way for Tennessee to create any sort of foundation or any sort of realistic scenario in which the game plays to their favor. If they're going to somehow win this game, and obviously that's not necessarily what we're talking about, they're going to need a lot of turnovers. They're going to need a big play. They're going to need one of those possessions where you know Baltimore burns eight minutes off the clock and then turns the ball over in the red zone, something like that to win the game. And I think something close to that to even keep it close. Great season for the Titans, but this one feels like uh, let's uh, let's uh, separate the wheat from the chaff and let's move uh, let's move the Ravens onto the AFC Championship game. I think they win this one by two touchdowns. Yeah, I think they do too. Uh, you know, honestly, all week I've tried to just paint pictures in my head and scripts and and how Tennessee and I can see it. You know, being devil's advocate, I could. There was a drive against the Pats where they took off almost 10 minutes of the clock and they just punted the football. They didn't even kick a field goal, score any points. Um, you know, both teams like to run the football. I mean, this is the weekend, right? I mean, look at all the teams in the league that have led the league in passing yards. They're not playing this weekend. They didn't even make the playoffs, really. I mean, Baltimore is number one in rushing, San Fran two, Tennessee three, Seattle four, Minnesota six. Like, these are teams that run the football, and Tennessee – they kind of have the recipe to beat Baltimore, to run the ball with Derrick Henry. He had a seventh 100 game last last week. He, the Titans are 7-0 when he hits the century mark on the ground. That's all nice, but Ryan Tannehill is going to have to throw the football this week because it's going to be really hard for the Titans to slow down Baltimore. You just look overall in just terms of passing yards. I mean, they're not that great in terms of passing yards, but they don't even need to pass the ball. I mean, they're 26th in the league in passing yards per game, but they're first in rushing. Lamar Jackson, you know, he's had an MVP-type season. He's going to win MVP. He doesn't even throw to any of his wide receivers. Like, look at all the, the guys who lead the team in yards. It's all tight ends. And the Titans are not great against tight ends. 26th in, 26th in yards allowed to tight ends. Uh, pretty solid against the run, but here we are. We're talking about Lamar Jackson, different beast. I am a slightly concerned that they haven't played since week 16. I think there could be a bit of a sluggish start, which would benefit Tennessee a little bit. If they have a long drive, they put some points on the board. Maybe there's that first stall in Baltimore's first drive, and 
maybe they start slow to the gate, but um, I'm, I'm with you. It's just at the end of the day, it's really tough for me to, to feel like Tennessee will be able to keep this close because of just what Baltimore has been able to do the last few weeks. Even with those losses, I know you were touching on it. This is a much different defense since then. I much mean, different. Their defense is, mm-hmm. yeah, it's completely different. Um, so, yeah, it's just, I guess we'll just, We'll just move on. I mean, it's 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 too. I would like to see Tennessee be able to keep this close and 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 run with Derrick Henry, but even the and the flip side, Beller with with Ryan Tannehill and how good he's been this season and how bad he was last week and have to throw a little bit more is that Baltimore doesn't give up big plays. So I mean, it's just you take away AJ Brown and and really just stack the box with Derrick Henry because that's how Tennessee wants to beat you with the play action. Once they get the run going, they can have some bombs with AJ Brown, but Baltimore just. They don't give up any big plays, so mm-hmm. I just don't see where they're going to be able to keep up. What do you see the score being? Like a, a 40-20 game? Do you think no. it gets that high? I don't think it gets that high. Do you think it's like high. a 31-14? I don't even know if it gets that high. I think this is a game that, that Baltimore just controls, and they're able to keep the Titans at arm's length all game. I'm thinking something on the order of like 27-10, to 10, something like that. I, I, just, right. I, I just can't see – I just really can't see Tennessee – being able to generate much on offense. I mean, they're going to have to live on Derrick Henry, obviously, and I'm not sure that that's going to be there for them the way that it has been in the past and the way that it was for like Cleveland when they beat them the way it was there for, for Nick Chubb. As you said, a much different defense. They're now ranked fourth in DVOA defensively, the Ravens are. So I just don't think it's going to be there, and I think that this is a game that once, if and when the Ravens get out to a two-score lead, I just think it's it's all bets are off for the Titans. Yeah. I just can't see yeah. them being able to come back and then I mean you talk about what the Titans do. You mentioned that ten that ten minute drive where they didn't even score, but it's a huge win for the Titans playing the Patriots to just take ten minutes off the clock and punt the ball away. I mean, mm-hmm. the the Ravens are the team that does that, but they score. Right. I mean the Ravens yeah. are the team that just I mean, you can't you can't out Raven the Ravens. Right, and that's what the Titans have done to other teams, but they're not going to be able to do that against Baltimore. So I think that the fact that Baltimore is the best team at doing what the Titans have been able to do over the second half of the season means that the Titans need to find a different way to win this game. I mean, they don't need to go completely away from their strengths, but they need to mix in some of what hasn't necessarily been what they've leaned on to be able to keep this one close. And it's just something I don't trust against the best team in the NFL. So I will go ahead and say that the Ravens win this one uh, pretty comfortably. And like I said, I'm thinking something like 27-10, to 31-13, something like that. So you like the under. Baltimore's team applied total 28, Tennessee 18. The total at 47, it was 48. All four unders hit last week, mm-hmm. uh, by the way. So the year I, of the yeah, under. I'm with you. I'm, yeah, the year of the under, for sure. So I'm with you there as well. Uh, before we get to the Sunday games, it's a quick little break here. Uh, the second week of the playoffs is upon us. The bad news is that there's only a few more weeks left in the football season. But the good news is that you can still get your fantasy fix with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy football. And if you've never played before, there's even more to celebrate. You can play for a $1 million top prize this weekend. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every run, throw, and catch means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. It's simple. Just draft your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the game quite like having a shot at the $1 million top prize. Plus, 
all new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. That's some extra cash to play with throughout the playoffs. With the only with only the best football teams left, there's no better time to be playing. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code RUN. For a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500 on your next deposit. Remember, that's the code Run and you can get a deposit bonus up to $500 only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires 25 times play through. Eligibility restrictions apply. So check out DraftKings.com for details. Let's get into Sunday. Chiefs and Texans. KC, 9.5 favorites. Opened up 7.5 favorites. A total at 48.5. This one has jumped up. I don't know if anyone's feeling the under here. 51 is the total. This is a rematch, Beller, of earlier on in the season when Houston went into KC mm-hmm. and they kind of handed them. I know it was a 31-24 game. Watson, two rushing touchdowns, had 42 rushing yards on the ground. Carlos Hyde, 116 rushing yards on the ground, had a touchdown. Do you see this playing out similar? This is a much different KC team. The run defense, still a little suspect, but overall, Beller, the defense has been better in KC lately. Isn't this a huge number? It is a big number. Isn't this a It is monster? a big number. Like, I did Especially not for a Houston team that has won in KC this year. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? I mean, and as and has except for Baltimore, right? They beat like every they beat every AFC playoff they team. Have. I mean, this is yeah. this is just I, I mean, I was stunned to see this. Um seven and a half felt like a fair number. I mean, it got bet up to nine and a half, but I, I even thought seven and a half as an opener was kinda high. I thought it was just gonna, gonna be installed as that pretty easy six and a half. Um, that you see a lot of times when the home team is clearly the better team and comfortably the better team. Uh, so you, you basically ask betters to make a touchdown decision. That's where I expected to see this. So for it to come 7.5 and, and then climb up 9.5 over a couple of days' worth of bets, uh, really surprising to me. Um, I like the Chiefs, though. I really do. I mean, you said it's a it's a different defense than it was. And the run defense may be still suspect, but Deshaun Watson is not Lamar Jackson. Deshaun Watson is not Josh Allen. Deshaun Watson is not Taysom Hill. And what I mean by that is that these are guys who get designed runs, right? Their runs are part of what their teams do offensively. Deshaun Watson is a hell of an athlete. He should be a Chicago Bear, an incredible athlete, a guy who can extend plays and make plays with his legs, but that is not what Houston asks him to do. He'll do it when plays break down, but it's not what he wants to do necessarily. It's not really part of their offense in a way that they design their offense. It's something they know will happen and something they know that they can get extra plays out of, but it's not the way that they build their offense. So yeah, he had the 42 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns uh, in the first meeting in the game that Houston won, but uh, I just don't think that that's something that you can count on happening game in, game out the way you can with a Lamar or a Josh Allen. So I sort of say that that's descriptive of the first game, but not predictive of the second one. I don't think this offense is built to take advantage of Kansas City's greatest defensive weakness, the rushing uh, defense. And I think that Kansas City's defense is built to take advantage of Houston's greatest weakness on offense, the offensive line, the protection of Watson, and Watson's tendency to hang on to the ball far too long. I think you're going to get a lot of sacks in this game. I wish I would have looked it up. I would love to see what Kansas City's over-under sack prop is because I love the over there. I think that the way that they play defense, the way they've played defense over the 
the second half of the season and what Steve Spagnuolo has dialed up combined with what Deshaun Watson uh, uh, tends to struggle with in holding on to the ball too much is a perfect recipe for Kansas City's defense to get a ton of sacks and make some plays defensively. On offense, obviously, we don't need to talk about uh, Kansas City too much. Uh, you love the fact that Damian Williams has looked like the guy that uh, everyone thought was going to be uh, the player that they had in the backfield coming into the season uh, over the last couple of weeks. I just think that this Kansas City offense, uh, for one of the first times all season, Meany, is really the fully formed beast that we thought they would be coming into the year because you think about the fact that they had no run game. You think about the fact that Tyreek Hill uh, had an injury and, and missed a good chunk of the season. Patrick Mahomes, of course, had his knee injury and his ankle issues, and he missed a few games and then wasn't quite himself for a few games after that. It's scary to think that We've only seen the Kansas City Chiefs as what we thought they were for a handful of games this season, and here they still are a dominant team getting a bye, getting the number two overall seed in the AFC, playing a home game for their first playoff game, Uh, and you shudder to think about what they could be if we now are getting that fully formed Kansas City Chiefs behemoth. So as big as this number is, I still like the Chiefs in this one, and it makes me think of what I said last week with New England and Tennessee, right? I mean, I don't think a lot of people expected that number to come out at four and a half the way that it did. And that right there makes you raise your eyebrows. Why is Vegas not as afraid of the Patriots as we would typically expect them to be? Well, why are they not afraid of Houston as much as we would typically expect them to be, given what they did, given the fact that they beat Kansas City in the regular season, uh, that they are one of the last eight teams playing? Nine and a half point dogs, really? Um, I like the Chiefs. I think everything points to a, a Chiefs victory. I really don't think either AFC game is going to be all that competitive this weekend. You know, that, that Pats with five and a half, I feel like the public would have hammered like seven. If Vegas, if that line moved to seven, I, I still feel like most people would have just still have been on the Pats. Because it, you and I were on the Titans. I don't want a money line. I, th- I feel like a lot of people were, but at the end of the day, people were still backing the Pats. And especially when Brady comes out with that damn line video like people are just start oh no way that that tom brady's gonna lose to ryan Tannehill at home um but yeah this this number does seem a little little fishy to me you're dead on about watson and the offensive line and the fact that this guy just holds on to the football too long he really does he takes a lot of unnecessary hits takes a lot of sacks i believe he was sacked he was definitely sacked at least seven times in that game against the bills last week and KC's defense has been a lot better. They're, they've generated some pressure. When they faced Houston earlier in the year, they had zero sacks under Sean Watson. And then the very next game, they had nine. <laughs> it's like, Crazy. okay, now we're now – we're, <laughs> then they went five. So they went through a span there of – actually, it was back-to-back games. They faced the Colts and the Texans where they had zero sacks. And then they had, like, 22 in their in their next four games. And, and that's kind of where their defense turned the corner a little bit. But I'm going to go the opposite way. I think – Kansas City is going to win this game, but this is too many points. I feel like maybe they win by a touchdown. Maybe Houston can get some garbage time here, get going in the fourth quarter like they did against Buffalo. Deshaun Watson hooking up with DeAndre Hopkins, who, by the way, wasn't visible in the first half of that game against Jadavius White, and then he shows up. They start throwing the football to him, and he makes a couple big plays. But I still think that the game plan with Houston will be to run the football, and I think they'll have some success. I really do. I mean, Casey overall, 4.9 yards per carry, 28th in the league, 26th in rushing yards per game against the run top 10 against the pass so they have been better against the pass but for Houston it I mean you don't even have to give Bill O'Brien credit this is just what he does whether he should or not I mean he's just going to run the football with Carlos Hyde mm-hmm. and Duke Johnson so uh, I don't you get and, a little and, con- don't you get a little concerned about the what if the 
Chiefs come out and boom, boom, touchdown, touchdown, their first two possessions. How yeah, much are you that, really going to be running the ball after that? Yeah, you won't You won't be. <laughs> You'll probably have to have a couple passes to Duke and get him more involved. But, um, yeah, that is concerning if, if they can come out that way and they, and they throw a couple touchdowns. But Deshaun Watson, I think, if if he needs to, it's not like he can't. I mean, Bill O'Brien have to adjust his game plan, for sure, for sure. It looks like Will Fuller is going to play in the in this game, whether he's going to be 100%. He's definitely, probably, I think we can both agree to that, that he's not going to be 100%. Mm-hmm. He's probably not going to play 100% of the snaps. Uh, but we we should see J.J. Watt get a little bit more involved in this game as well. So I, I just think it's a lot of points, man. I, yes, I just feel like we could potentially get the backdoor cover. Uh, all that could definitely be in play. Maybe with this line and how it's moved, maybe just everyone has just completely come off the, the same is their Super Bowl pick, and they've just gone to the next trendy pick in KC. Just like the KC's my team, hammer, it's hammer, hammer. It's possible. It's definitely possible. And I will say that if you are, if you feel good about a team winning by nine and a half, you got to feel like they're going to have a three score lead at some point during the game. That is obviously you don't have to. Uh, I mean, yeah. how many games in the NFL have you know been tied going into the fourth quarter, and then uh, you know the one team gets a field goal, a stop, a touchdown, a stop, and that's the ball game. Right, I mean, that, there's a very easy way to win a game by 10 points uh, without completely dominating it. But if you're thinking it in your head going into the game, you've got to think they need a three-score lead at some point in this game if they're going to win it by 10-plus. And I think the Chiefs are built to do that, right? I mean, they're a team that Definitely. is built to crush any team they play. And that doesn't mean that if they play the Texans 10 times that eight of them they're going to win by 10 points. But they are, the team, they are a team that offensively, defensively, especially offensively, is built to be able to dominate any team that they play that's always in play for a team like Kansas City and then when you factor in what they want to do defensively and what Houston's greatest strength or greatest weakness is offensively it just feels like a perfect storm for Kansas City to be able to come out and really handle this one I think out of all the teams playing this as much as I am backing the Texans I think out of all the teams that are playing this weekend I think Houston's the one that I would rank like eighth or yeah two four six yeah <laughs> yeah, four time, four times I'm two, not good at math. Yeah, I would rank them eighth. You'd rank them eighth. Um, you'd rank them eighth. Do, what do you think? I think this is the team that, I think out of fair. all these teams, yeah, I think, I think they, have, they the worst, have the least the chance least, to win the Super Bowl. Yes, I agree with that. I agree with that okay. 100%. And 29th in passing yards per game, 28th overall in yards per game. It's it's not helping my cause. Like, it's definitely... Um, you sure you want to do you, this? You sure you want to go you down could this ex- <laughs> You could exploit Houston secondary for sure. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I am going to do it. I think it's going to be a tight battle. I mean, Mahomes and Watson, this is great. At least we're at least we're going to get it, right? I mean, it's, it's two of the best young quarterbacks in the game. So it's going to be a phenomenal one to watch. I just think that they have... They're, they're a better team on the road, and they have been. We've talked about this so many times. Yeah, you beat the Pats, you lose the Broncos. Like, what's going on? You probably should have lost last week to Buffalo. Um, but for whatever reason, when this team gets on the road and, and they play a stiffer competition, I feel like they actually kind of impress and they hang around. So we'll see. I, can, I'm going to back the Texans. Can I ask you one more question before we move yep. on to Packers Seahawks? Yep. Does yep. Ryan Pace watch this game? Do you think he watches this one? Uh, yeah. Don't you? I mean, you know, watching him Mahomes, <laughs> the two guys he passed on. <laughs> For, from from yeah. Mitch Trubisky. Does he watch? Yeah, he watches. He watches and he cries. <laughs> the whole time. Cries. And he, and, he, and he hammers down the point that the organization is still going to stick with Trubisky next year. That's their guy. We'll fire the tight end coach, the offensive coordinator, everybody else. We'll keep Nagy. Trubisky is our guy. Oh, uh, but yeah, that's yeah, that's tough. Tough for, um, you know, for you as well, yeah. I, would, I would say. I'm pumped for the, for the looming Mitch Trubisky-Alex Smith uh, training camp battle. <laughs> 
Oh, boy. All <laughs> right, the final game. And this is uh, the public completely. And it's still early. I mean, we're talking to you guys on a Thursday, one day earlier than what we talked to you guys last week. But so far, 60% of the public bets uh, coming in on Seattle, number two, San Fran, Baltimore, three, KC, four. So uh, for the most part, the favorites. But the Packers, four and a half point favorites here against the Seahawks, opened up at three and a half. This line I've seen move around quite a bit, actually. Uh, Westgate has four. So, I mean, keep an eye. I mean, if you just – I just think it's going to be a field goal game. As much as I kind of crapped all over Seattle earlier that I'm not impressed with them, they got nothing between – you know, from Lynch and Homer. They really got nothing. in the Lynch had the had the flashback, beast mode, vintage touchdown, and that was impressive. All the guys on him, second effort, finds mm-hmm. the end zone. But really, I mean, Russell Wilson, who – this is the fewest rushing yards he's had since 2016, led the team in rushing yards last week. And it, this is what it always comes down to for me is Russell Wilson. I said it earlier. Third and 10 finds a way. Third and 11 finds a way. Third and 18 finds a way. At the end of the game, you knew it was going to happen. I, at least I knew it was going to happen. One-on-one on the side. Just throw it up to DK, DK Metcalf. Ice the game. Game's over. They probably could have thrown the ball a whole lot more if Carson Wentz is in there and he's throwing touchdowns. Maybe Russell Wilson has to throw the ball a little bit more. We see a little bit of a different game plan, but... To me, Russell Wilson has been more impressive than Aaron Rodgers, and sure. honestly, that's what it's that's what it comes down to for me is that Russell Wilson, with the game on the line, probably he'll just find a way. I actually like Seattle to win this game, not just Ooh. the cover. I think that they go into Green Bay and they win the game. Not impressed with the Packers, but really, I think it's an easy one for Seattle because both of these teams just play close games. An easy like one. One score games. It seems like all 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 the time. Packers are not impressive to me. An they, easy they, one they for beat Seattle. An easy one for Seattle to cover. Yeah, I, f- I feel like an easy one for, for this game to be a field goal game because both these teams just play tight, close-knit games. Wow. Are you feeling the Packers? Um, Yeah, This I is am. the easiest one for me to call. On the, I, am, the whole I am feeling the Packers. I'm a little surprised, really? quite to be really? perfectly honest with you, but uh, I am feeling the Packers. I think that this is a uniquely bad matchup for Seattle considering where their weaknesses are. Um, this is a team that uh, has not been able to stop the run, and this is a different Green Bay offense than what we're used to under Aaron Rodgers. Um, Aaron Jones is going to be a nightmare for them. And this is a team that he cannot is, stop the run. That's team that has had a ton of trouble with pass-catching running backs. I think Aaron Jones is going to be uh, the guy who really dominates this game. Forget about Russell Wilson. Forget about Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Jones is going to be the offensive weapon that dominates this game. And you look at the other side of the ball, Um, I mean, Russell Wilson has some of those same traits that Deshaun Watson does where he trusts his magic so much as he should, but it does get him into trouble, especially against teams that can get after the passer. And you're talking about Seattle maybe being down to their third string left tackle in this one. I mean, Zadarius Smith is going to feast, I think, on this Seattle offensive line. So these are just two players who I'm talking about in Aaron Jones and Zadarius Smith. Uh, Obviously, there's way more that goes into a football game than just that and who comes out as the winner. But those are two guys on either side of the ball for Green Bay that I really think can dominate. And I look at Seattle... And I just don't see that. I, I mean, obviously, Russell Wilson's Russell Wilson, but I don't see any one guy for Seattle on either side of the ball who can take this game over. And I see two for Green Bay. Obviously, I see one for Seattle. It's Aaron Rodgers, or it's, it's Russell Wilson. But then Aaron Rodgers is there, too. So I, I almost feel like the QBs cancel what one another out. What about the emergence out. of DK Metcalf? What about the emergence of DK Metcalf? That guy's yeah, I mean, DK... Piece, DK DK is excellent, and I think that they need or they're going to need the same DK this week that we saw last week. Uh, but... 
and I, I hesitate to say this the way that I'm going to say it because you know offense dictates so much of what happens in the NFL these days. But I mean, this, this Green Bay secondary is not what Philadelphia is. I mean, DK was able to dominate against the secondary that we talked about all season long as being one of the worst in the league. They had a lot of injuries, but even when they didn't, they were among the worst in the league. And, um, you know, DK deserves all the credit for doing what he did against them. And obviously it wasn't just Philadelphia's secondary came on really strong in the second half and especially very late in the season. But uh, I just think that Green Bay has more ways to win this game than Seattle does. I think Seattle needs another one of those Russell Wilson games. And those can come anywhere, anytime against any opponent. That's the sort of player he is. And while you can't necessarily always predict when those games are coming, you always have to account for that factor. You always have to bake in, uh, well, I think Green Bay is going to cover this game, but I got to give the at least you know, 50% chance or whatever you want to call it, that Russell's going to go full Russell and do a few special things, put Seattle on his back and take them to the NFC Championship game. Uh, but I just think that Green Bay has more ways to win, has more ways to to take care of business here. The fact that they're playing at home, the fact that they've had a week off to get healthy, a team that is a little bit older uh, also, uh, it's going to be big for them. Aaron Rodgers, yeah, I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers, but he's 35, 36 years old. Um, and I say this as a 35-year-old man myself, like, uh, and that week's going to come in handy. For Aaron Rodgers. He's going to love having that week off, no matter who he is, no matter, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers has access to a little bit uh, better physical training than I do. Uh, but uh, that week off is going to come in very handy for him. I like the Packers coming off the bye here. I think they win this one. I would say that week 17 off for me was was nice as well. Came in here and, and had the Titans uh, straight up on the money line. No, you make a lot of good points. I think I think that Aaron Jones definitely is the key to this game. And you look at Seattle, 4.9 yards per carry, 29th, 29th in receiving yards allowed to to, to running backs. I, I I understand all of that. Um, and you know what? The Eagles dialed us some pressure too, man. Like Fletcher Cox dominated that line, and he got after Russell Wilson. And I thought they had a really good game plan. Malcolm Jenkins spied, and for the most part, he did a pretty good job, except for that third and 18 play. And I, that's why I feel like Russell Wilson's at his best is when, when, when teams, and it's crazy to say that and think that because Russell Wilson is just on his own planet and his own level. But when teams yeah. are generating pressure and chasing him and he's on the run like that, that's where I feel like he is most dangerous. He's so elusive. I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to stick by it. I, I really am. I green Bay, you know, last week, I mentioned Homer and Lynch didn't have much success. I think that they'll have a little bit more success this week running the football against the Packers. 4.7 yards per carry, 26th, 120 rushing yards allowed per game, 24th. The Eagles just stopped the run. They've stopped the run all year. They've stopped elite running backs all season long. So I wasn't surprised that Homer and Lynch couldn't get anything done. I think that they'll have a little bit more success on the ground. I don't know. I guess we'll, we're just a little bit Travis different Homer there. Travis Homer and but... Marshawn Lynch, man. The they they are. <laughs> they are. Hey, man, Lynch, uh, what, he's got a couple touchdowns in two games? I mean, I guess Skittles Travis Homer probably really, would have been really terrible in the NFL in 2009. I'm not sure. You know, right? He was probably like 14 or something. But, uh, yeah. but There was a reason they were working out running backs uh, over the last week. Yeah. I, I will say that, yeah, for yeah. sure. But if I do think they'll have like, a little it, bit more success. If it ends up going the way I think it's going to go, and we're talking in San Francisco and Green Bay in the NFC Championship game next week, then I will be very afraid of what San Francisco's offense can do to Green Bay's rushing defense. But you got to have the tools, and I just don't think Seattle has the tools to exploit Green Bay's rushing weakness, rushing defense weakness. Okay, Packers 25, team apply total, Seattle 21, the total at 47. Give me a score then. What do you, what do you think um, Packers, you definitely got the Packers win by five. Yep, I'm going to say Green Bay 20, Seattle 13. All right, giddy up. Let's That'll do it. That'll end it. All right, so a little recap. 
Yeah, a little, the, recap. Uh, the little four? recap. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go here. So, Vikings, Ravens, Texans, Seahawks. Those are my four. I like I'm it. So, we them. are – And we I are... hate Seattle, too. I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I do not like <laughs> Seattle, especially going into Philly and beating my Eagles again. I don't like them, but – uh, going man. who's the who's the cornier wisconsin badger <laughs> nfl superstar russell wilson or jj watt i mean the thing is is that i they're it's totally genuine i don't think either of them is being a phony right. they're just both yeah. so cheesy but it's there, totally genuine also... it is i i 100 believe that is yes. genuinely truly who they are which is endearing but it's so Absolutely, cheesy yeah <laughs> it's very, very cheesy. Uh, I was going to bring this up. I'll bring it up now. It, it, it means nothing to this weekend, but there have been some pretty entertaining games between Seattle and Green Bay oh, yes, over the years have. in the playoffs. Yeah, right? <laughs> 2014, conference championship. Seattle comes all the way back. They win in overtime. That was a nice comeback. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2007, they lost. 2003, how about Matt Hasselbeck? Yeah, we're going to get the ball. We're going to take it. We're going to score. Mm-hmm. I think there's a pick six, uh, Brett Favre and, and company in there. But there, How about the, like the Brandon Bostick? The Brandon Bostick uh, oh, fumbled right. uh, uh, onside kick. Jordy that's Nelson right. is sitting there waiting for it. <laughs> that's right, yeah. yeah. Uh, should be a good one. All right, recap um, your four. So we are together on Saturday and opposing on Sunday. I'm going Vikings, Ravens, Chiefs, and Packers. Okay, all right. And then so, I hope we so just get what got, we want, right? We, oh, want, well, we want Ravens and Chiefs. Well, especially we in the AFC. Like, you know, yes. I, I want to be right in the NFC, but the, 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 the ego guy in me and the, the better in me wants <laughs> to be right about the NFC. The football fan in me just really wants to be right in the AFC, yes. at least as far as the, the winners go. Because I'm going to feel robbed if we play this entire season out and we don't get Ravens-Chiefs as an AFC championship game and really a de facto Super Bowl. Are you even going to come in here next week if it's Texans and Titans? Oh, my God. I will be so depressed. <laughs> I'll be just so sick to my stomach. An all-AFC South AFC championship oh, game. Oh, man. Gross. Right? It's like, yeah, if, if that happens, if that happens do, they, do they automatically move that game to Thursday night? <laughs> yeah, they might. <laughs> Get the color rush unis out. <laughs> gross man disgusting yeah no disrespect to the titans and texans no, no, fans not. out there not. but uh <laughs> i've been impressed with what tennessee's been able to do this season but i do, <laughs> i want to see mahomes and, and lamar jackson yes. all right man that'll do it and beller right. give him a follow on twitter at myself at chris meany again rate review subscribe check out theathletic.com slash best on the board good luck with your picks this weekend and we'll be back next week <laughs>